0: Welcome to the second season of the PEBC Podcast. My name is Michelle Morris-Jones, and I will be hosting our series on phenomenal teaching. In season two, we will take a deeper dive into how the strands of the PEBC teaching framework, planning, community, workshop, thinking strategies, discourse, and assessment, cultivate student agency, equity, and understanding for each and every student. I am honored to share these conversations with authors, classroom teachers, education leaders, and staff developers with you. Today's episode is sponsored by Pinnacle Assurance, Colorado's trusted workers' compensation provider. Thank you so much for listening in. Today, we have our very first student guests on the Phenomenal Teaching Podcast. Estella and Killian and Karen, their virtual advisor, are joining me today from the Jeffco Open School to talk about their year as virtual learners. So let's start off by meeting these amazing kids. So I'd love to hear from both of you. Who are you and what do you love to do? And Estella, let's hear from you first.
1: Hi, I'm Estella. Um, I'm in the sixth grade. I have two sisters in the school. Um, I have one younger and one is older. Some of my interests are drawing, reading, skateboarding, painting, and spending time with my cat.
0: Awesome, Estella. Thank you so much. So you have a lot of different interests. We know you're a cat lover, you're a skateboarder. Anything else you want to tell the audience about yourself?
1: I like nature. Nature is really
2: nice.
0: That's awesome. Well, let's throw it over to Killian. So, Killian, tell us a little bit about you. Who are you and what do you love to do?
2: So, I am Killian. I have type 1 diabetes and I really like to bike. I like to go outside. I love nature and I live up in the mountains. That's great. Anything
0: else that you'd like to add to give us a little bit more information about who you are as a kid?
2: Um... Um, I am building a house. So I live in an RV.
0: Wow, you are living quite an adventure. So let's learn a little bit more about Karen. Karen, you are an virtual advisor at Jeffco Open School. So would you mind just telling us a little bit about your role and the Jeffco Open School and who you are?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So first, I just wanted to say, Michelle, thank you so much for having us on your podcast today. It's such an honor to get to spend time with you and Um, I'm so thrilled you're interested in our story. Um, So my name is Karen Goodman, I'm in my 25th year of teaching, which is kind of crazy. Um, I've taught in Adams 12, in DPS, and Steamboat, and now finally feel like I found home in Jeffco and at Open, where up to this year I've been an instructional coach for five years. Um, So my time here has been mostly as a coach, and this year as things were sorting themselves out in the fall with parents making final decisions about keeping students at home or sending them back to school, um, I got the opportunity to become a classroom advisor. So um, the open school decided early on that it was really important for us to keep our classes for in-person learners really small. And so that meant using my position in a different way. Um, So, a little bit about uh, Jeffco Open, Um, we're a PK through 12 school that's in Jefferson County and there, are in my opinion, lots of things that make us a pretty special place. Um, Almost all levels, students are in multi-age classrooms. Um, We have a really strong advising program which is focused on developing strong, caring relationships between adults and students and between students. This year we've had most of our students return to in-person learner, but we have some students whose families have opted for online learning throughout the year. So we've uh, decided that there's really nothing remote about the way that we're teaching this year. And so the virtual advisors call our kids virtually connected learners instead of remote learners because we think words are important here at Open. And we have five teachers throughout the school that are teaching um, our virtually connected learners, and I am lucky to be one of them. So this year I'm teaching a four, five, six multi-age group, and it's been incredibly awesome and also incredibly challenging. Um, We started our year with 33 kids in our advising group, and some of them have ended up back in person. So we currently have 25
0: Wow. So first of all, let's just start off by how cool it is that you guys are considered virtually connected learners. Like I love that term because I guess when you think about that idea of remote, what Karen just mentioned is that would make it seem kind of far away. But being virtually connected means that you can have really strong connections with other students that you're learning with and with your advisors. So one reason that I am really excited for this conversation today is I just thought it would be really cool to share student perspectives with others. And so let's just dive into our first big question. So for Estella and Killian, I'd love for you to think about this for just a moment. When you think about your year, what was easy about virtual learning and what was challenging? So what was easy and maybe what was hard or a challenge? And Killian, why don't we start with you and then we'll hear from Estella.
2: So one thing that was easy was not having to get up as early and just kind of being able to get up and like just get on my computer and eat on my call. <laughs> and then another thing was... Um, read aloud. So when our teachers were reading out loud, I have type 1 diabetes, as I said earlier, and that means my blood screws can go too low or too high. But during read aloud, I would have to interrupt the teacher, tell them what's going on, then call down to the health room and the phone in the classroom, and then go down to the health room and miss read aloud. But now I can just, in my own house, just grab a snack and eat it while listening.
0: Wow. So you found that one of the easier things for you was really kind of managing that read-aloud time in your day, and it probably felt more relaxing to be at home.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Was there anything that was challenging for you, Killian? Um, One thing that was challenging at the beginning of the year was having to type instead of write, Mm because I used to just type with my two pointer fingers, and I couldn't find the letters that easily. But I found, I started using type.com and that helped me a lot.
0: Wow. So I bet you're fast now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Lightning speed. Uh, Well, so let's hear from Estella because we know that everyone is different and everyone has such a different perspective this year and different experiences. So for Estella, what was easy for you and what was challenging or tricky?
1: Uh, something that was easy for me was being in my own space, like even my room or my backyard. Um, I tend to get more work done and I tend to be more creative when I'm in my own space and I feel comfortable at home. Even though something that was kind of hard was not having social socialization, I was really an outgoing person until um, quarantine. And so not being social kind of took a turn on my personality a bit.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So you like doing the work independently, but you miss the social interactions with peers. Yeah, I know. I I think I have a connection with you on that one. I like to like get into my work and be independent, but then I also really like to hang out with other people. So I think you both really recognize, like name some challenges, like just figuring out how to do it, like with the typing can be tricky. And then also missing out on some of those friendships or time with friends can also be a little bit tricky. So I'm wondering what Karen's going to say because she had to change the way she's taught and the way she's worked. So let's hear from you, Karen, What was your biggest challenge and what was a big success that you had?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, Thanks. Estella and Killian um, already mentioned so many things, but um, I will add that from my perspective as an advisor, one of the biggest successes has been watching these kids sort of persevere through this really unbelievable challenge and become more and more independent as learners. They're a really strong group and they've taught me so much about having high expectations for them and Mm. not lowering things just despite the circumstances. So continuing to challenge them. And they've shown me that they will rise to the occasion and do amazing things. So watching their personal growth has definitely been like a major highlight for me. Um, Another success for me has been learning how to make systems and structures that I know work for in-person learning work for us um, in a virtually connected world. So we've had a really strong readers and writers workshop throughout this whole year. Uh, we've adapted our math instruction to include components of what I believe strong math instruction should look like. And we've figured out ways to start each day with advising and connecting with each other as humans. Wow. And so that was a lot, um, as far as challenges, um, I'm going to just be real. There have been a lot of challenges. Um, it's really challenging teaching three grade levels for math every day. It's challenging when technology decides not to work for kids at home and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, it's challenging for me not to be able to high five kids or give them a hug when they achieve something great. And so those were some little challenges. I think the biggest challenge for me has sort of been trouble hearing you. to um, let go of some of the expectations that I had for what, um, what a successful advisor looks like and just accept that this year is different and adjust what I'm doing and change what I can. And then also... Um, yeah, sort of adapt to the world as it is, which is one of our open school pillars. Um, so that's what I feel like all of us have kind of been doing all year.
0: Yeah, and it was so interesting to ta- to listen to all three of you share because you really did, you were really able to identify like, this part was actually pretty good and this part was actually pretty hard. Now, one thing I know about Jeffco Open School, because I have the opportunity to visit during normal times and I get to visit a lot of classrooms and work with a lot of teachers there, But one thing I know is that the learning at Jeffco Open is always really exciting for kids, that it's steeped in inquiry, it's designed to promote student independence. And so I am really curious to hear from Killian and Estella, if you guys wouldn't mind, share with our listeners how Karen designed and incorporated rich learning tasks. Like, how did she make it so the learning wasn't boring? And maybe share with us, what was the best of the best? Like what was like a unit you love doing or what was something that just really worked for you as a learner this year? And let's hear from Estella first this time.
1: Um, so Karen really gave me freedom in um, all the work. She gave us uh, choices within instructions. Uh, one of my favorite part of the day was reader's workshop because it was a quiet time for me. Sometimes I could listen to books and draw um, and also, sometimes I, c- I c- could confer with Karen about some books I was reading, and it was really important to me to like share out what books I was reading. So that was cool. Uh, I also loved the project uh, I did on acting and animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a little kid, I was al- always more uh, interested in animation than acting, so I thought it would be kind of cool to learn more about both. Um, I was fun. It was fun to learn about animation, especially different kinds. Of course, like the stop motion and the claymation. Uh, in the past, I haven't had um, any, a relationship with my teachers to feel comfortable asking questions. Mm-hmm. But um, with Karen, I really never struggled with that. I could, I could ask questions, and there's always a way of asking them. Especially on Zoom, uh, I can go into the chat and chat privately with her. I can go into a breakout room and I can talk to her. So it was always just. Okay.
0: Wow, Estella, it sounds like for you that that independent inquiry was really engaging. You got to find a topic you love and go deep. And I love hearing about Reader's Workshop because I love Reader's Workshop. And so to think about you in your learning space at home, being able to still confer with Karen and to devour great books, it sounds like those were things that you're going to probably remember and hold on to forever and ever. What do you think? Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, let's hear from Killian, because like we said earlier, every learner is different. So, Killian, you were in the exact same virtually connected classroom experience. So, for you, what was the best of the best and why?
2: Um, I can kind of agree with Estella a little bit on the being able to private chat and breakout rooms and stuff like that. And an example of a rich learning task would be um, the Harris Burdick stories that we did where we would have one picture, and you would get to choose from multiple ones, but each one would have a picture, a title, and one sentence that had to be somewhere in your story. But I liked those because it helped us be able to write out of the box, but still have some barriers and try to figure out how to do that, and I really liked that
0: wow, that sounds like an amazing writing project. So you had just enough information or support, and then you got to be really creative.
2: Yeah, and I actually did my story based on another book called The Other Side, where it's about like a black girl and, and a white girl that sat on a fence that acted as a segregation line instead of passing it.
0: Wow. So you got into some really, really deep topics this year, it sounds like, as well. And then you were able to apply those to your writing. Yes, for sure. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. So let's hear from Miss Karen, because I'm wondering for her, when you think about your planning this year and you think about the units of study that you were able to plan and implement for your four, five, six virtually connected classroom, from your perspective, what was most engaging for kids and why?
3: Yeah, so there's been a lot. It's been really fun to actually think back to everything that we've done this year and um, chat with the kids about it. Um, I've really loved the time that we've spent on inquiry projects this year, and um, I love them because they sort of have built over time. They involve a ton of student agency choice and voice, and they're also really individualized. So like you said, having a class with fourth graders, fifth graders and sixth graders who are at all different levels, you know, have lots of different they, are excited by lots of different things. Um, That choice has been really important to me. Um, We started the year with a project that centered on the open school pillar of discovering the joy of learning. And students learned about like Stella talked about acting and animation. We had kids learning about cheetahs and Germany and octopus and all sorts of things. That was kind of the first one that we did. And then they've sort of um, changed from then um, we had a project in the middle of the year cre- that was centered on creating the world that ought to be, which is another pillar, and that was centered around sustainability. We had um, an expert come in and talk to us about some sustainability sort of ideas, general ideas, and then kids did things like ocean cleanup, and um, we had a student learn about desalination of water, um, lots of lots of really different things, worm composting, and I learned right along with them, which is super fun. Um, now we're working on our final project, and that project involves lots of different components. So for the fourth and fifth graders, that's called our journey project, and the sixth graders are doing a voyage project, which is sort of their, um, um, like the way that they show that they're ready for middle school. our foundations program, and that involves mathematical components, a research paper, they did a hands-on experience, um, some poetry, they're reflecting a lot about the year, Um, so that's been super fun. Um, And then I would piggyback on what Killian said, this writing project that we did that centered on this book, The Mysteries of Harris Burdick, was really, really fun for everyone. we took one line of the writing, as he said, and they were encouraged to sort of embed that line into their writing. Everyone loved it for totally different reasons. We had kids who wrote poetry with them and nonfiction story. Well, not really nonfiction because they're pretty crazy pictures. But um, <laughs> like Killian said, he piggybacked on a mentor text, which was really fun. We had lots of kids who were just writing total fiction stories. Um, and it was a really great way to incorporate lots of um, skills like we did a unit you know, on figurative language and organizational structures, balancing dialogue and narration. And then at the end we had this writer's celebration where we invited people from our school to come and listen to the kids read their stories. And that was just super fun. Um, yeah, that so that was great. And they were really proud of how what they wrote, which was awesome.
0: It's so inspirational to hear about the learning that you've all been engaged in this year. And was, you know, as I was listening to Karen, I was just thinking about how readers and writers workshop and math workshop really allows teachers to find a really juicy, cool topic. But then everyone as a learner can enter into where they are and everyone can grow. So in like teacher language, that's called differentiation. But like in kid language, that's probably called like meeting you where you are And then growing, right? Like, so if I'm here as a writer through the Harris Burdick Project, I'm going to become a better writer, but everyone enters in at a different spot, especially with different grade levels. So when I think about that, and I think about this year, a lot of people in the news and who write like magazine articles and things like that have been talking about and writing about a concern that they have. And they're worried that maybe kids have like lost out on some learning or that they haven't grown as much as they need to. I don't really believe that. I feel like kids have learned a lot this year and teachers have learned a lot this year. And so I know that um, part of your work with Karen is reflecting and being reflective about what you've learned as learners and how you've grown. So I'm wondering if you guys can share with the listeners how have you grown as a learner this year? What kind of growth have you had? Because I know the teachers and the principals who are listening are going to love to hear exactly like kind of when you put your finger on it, oh, I learned this way. And I learned in, you know, about these kinds of things. So, I don't know, Killian, do you want to jump in first and then we'll hear from Estella?
2: Sure. So, um, I feel like the way I grew a lot mostly was independently because I kind of had to. I'm not like sitting in a classroom with a teacher in front of me, making right. sure I'm doing it. We'll be told what to do and then we go do it with our cameras off on Zoom. And that's you're not getting reminded all the time to keep working. Um, So I really grew um, independently a lot, and I'm able to work in different environments a lot more than I was before. And then um, also a little bit of time management and self-motivation along with that too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think about, gosh, those are skills that adults need. And you were really able to manage your time and find the right workspace. So those are really, really important learning skills and life skills. When you think about like school, Killian, and like, is there a subject that you feel like, wow, I took off this year and I had no idea that I was going to grow that much as a learner in that particular area?
2: Um, definitely writing, because um, last year was the first year that I wasn't homeschooled. Mm-hmm. And before that, I really did not like writing or reading that much. But um, once I came into JCOS and mostly um, doing virtual learning, um, I got a bit better at reading and I liked it. And I really like writing and enjoy it now.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, we'll be able to read a lot of your writing in your future, I bet. So you're going to keep at it because that sounds like this has been a year for you just to really explore the fun of writing, but then also the craft. All right. So, Miss Estella, for you, when you think about, oh, gosh, how did you grow as a learner? What would you share with us?
1: Well, I've grown more in being self-directed overall. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't in the past been very good at remembering things. But I have my schedule in my brain at all times, so I know where I need to be and what calls to join. Um, My mom doesn't have to remind me very much on what to do or where to be because I know these things. I've taken responsibility for my learning. Um, I've never really liked the subjects like math or reading, and now I have uh, tons of free time and I love to read. I do uh, math when I need to. So things that have been hard to me for me in the past have gotten better. Just the other day, I brought a book to a family gathering and read like the whole time, which was probably not the best idea. But it was a good book. And that would have happened, wouldn't have happened last year?
0: Wow. So Estella, it's interesting because similar to Killian, you've really grown in terms of your independence. And it sounds like you just took on this challenge of being a virtually connected re- like learner, mastered the schedule, don't need any reminders. And then there are a couple subject areas that you did not really care for. And you've noticed that you've grown in both of those. So were you a kiddo who would have taken a book to a family gathering last year? Not at all. Not at all.
1: So are you just tearing through books? Yeah, totally. I have a bookshelf. It's overflowing. I
0: have to put bo- books in boxes. Oh my goodness! What are you reading right now? what's your What's your recommendation to the world?
1: I'm reading The Wild Robot right now. It's one of my favorite books. It's it's a book I'm reading over because um, you know I just finished another book. It's a really good book. Ten out of ten. Recommend.
0: Awesome! Thank you, and a good reread. It sounds like.
2: So and I I can definitely connect with Estella. I have read both The Wild Robot one and two, and it is a really. Really
0: good book. Okay. So I'm going to need to check out this wild robot because I have not read those. Uh, So, you know, it's interesting because I think that um, there are people who maybe don't understand what virtually connected or remote learning looks like. And just listening to both of you, I'm so inspired. You're reading and you're writing and you're solving real problems and you're doing investigations and you're learning and learning and growing in incredible ways. So I know that Karen has worked really hard this year. Would you guys agree? <laughs> yeah. So let's hear from Karen. Karen, how did you grow as a learner this year?
3: Oh my gosh, it's so fun to listen to them like piggyback on each other about books I love that they it. love. It just makes me so happy. Yes. Um, so how have I grown as a learner? Or yes. So I would say that in, to be honest, again, um, in lots of ways, this has been the hardest year I've ever had teaching. Um, I always grow when I'm around students, but this year, probably more than ever. I've learned for sure that no matter what is happening academically, the time that we take to connect with each other is mm-hmm. some of the most important thing, it probably is the most important thing we do every day. And I have grown right along with the kids this year, we have figured things out technology wise, they know that I make mistakes. Um, They know that I love to read books, and I'm always happy to recommend things. And I love listening to them talk about books and talk about what they're writing. Um, I feel like I've really grown as a learner this year, but also as a person because I've had like these 33 amazing models of perseverance through struggle, and they all are really making the best of a really tough situation. So anytime I'm feeling like I'm stressed or struggling or, oh, my gosh, this job is so hard, it's really uh, things change when I'm in front of them. They make me happy.
0: Mm. Thanks, Karen. So... The school year is almost over, you guys. It's hard to believe, isn't it? It's Like wrapping up soon. Um, just from listening to you, it's obvious that all of you have grown so much this year and you've learned in so many incredible ways. So we're gonna kind of build off of something that Estella just shared a minute ago. Estella, you shared a book review. You said it was 10 out of 10 and you had a recommendation and then Killian jumped in with this great energy and was like, absolutely, everyone should read that book. So here's what I'm gonna ask you two to think about. If you're going to make some recommendations to teachers for next year, so when we reflect on this whole experience, what do you hope teachers remember from this year that they can put into place next year when school goes back to being more, you know, quote unquote normal? So just think about that for a second. And we can kind of have it be a natural conversation. We can kind of take turns. But I think that the teachers and the principals listening really want to hear from kids, what do you want the grown-ups to remember for next year? Who wants to jump in first?
2: Yes, I can. Thanks, Killian. Um, I hope that Karen just continues to be awesome in general. Yes. Um, and then also, just I hope all the teachers and Karen... Um, continue to help people persevere when things get hard, even if it's not in a classroom.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. So tell us a little bit more, Killian, like that idea of like outside the classroom, have you found that a teacher can help you persevere with things that aren't school related? Um. Yes, yeah. for sure. Thank you so much, that is really, really profound. That's really important. Estella, for you, what is your recommendation? What do you hope that teachers carry from this year into next year?
1: Um, I really hope that the teachers that have been online will continue to be awesome and flexible. I also hope that the teachers that have been in school this whole time Uh, at the moment realize uh, that most of the kids who have been online are really self-directed and give them more freedom um, and trust. Trust is a big thing. Um, It's going to be different to be back. And so I hope they believe they can trust us to be more self-directed because we have a lot of practice with that.
0: Estelle, you just brought up something that no teacher has had a conversation with me about in the, like at all, ever yet. Is this idea of we do? We're going to have a whole group of learners who've been virtually connected coming back into classrooms. And so you're the way you've learned this year and the way you've experienced school is probably going to be a little bit different than the kids who are learning in school all year. So, Estella, you really want teachers to consider the perspective of the kiddos who've been working from home and to really honor and trust that their independence and their self management skills are pretty attuned. Awesome. Killian, Estella, anything else that comes to mind? Anything else you'd love f- for teachers just to think about a little bit?
2: Um, I think having fun is another really important thing. And um, earlier in the school year, I brought up something called Kahoot, mm-hmm. where it's, you just, one person can either make or find a Kahoot, and they host it, and then you just... It gives you a question and the person who answered them the quickest and most correct and more questions answered wins. And then you learn something from it and it's really, really fun.
0: Awesome. So I think that's a great takeaway. We need to make sure we have fun next year. All right, Estella, anything else come to mind for you? You're good. I love what you said and what you shared. So we're going to turn it over to Karen for the last word. So Karen... What do you hope students will take away this year and carry with them into next year?
3: Okay, this this is a tough question for me. It actually makes me a little bit sad <laughs> to think about in, in a happy way, not in like a an upset way. Um, For them, like the overall thing I would say is I hope these kids are proud of themselves. And I hope they know that someday they're going to be sitting on a porch in rocking chairs telling their grandchildren about what it was like to be in school during a pandemic. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so for next year, (laughs) I hope hope when these kids come back um, to being in-person learners again, that they're patient with themselves and they give themselves grace and time to adjust to being back in the building and being surrounded by people. Um, It's going to be amazing. And I'm so excited for them, but I also think it's going to be hard. So I know for sure that they will accomplish that with just as much grace as they did to adjusting to virtual learning because kids are amazing. The kids who I have in front of me every day are super amazing. Um, And I also hope that if nothing else, they've learned that they can carry with them the knowledge that they have accomplished something absolutely amazing.
0: Absolutely. And I just have to say the word amazing again, because this has been an amazing conversation. The insights that the three of you have shared with our listeners are incredible. Um, And I just really appreciate getting to know both of you, Killian and Estella. And I want to thank you for your time today. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Does anybody have any last words before we say goodbye? Nope. All right, well, okay, let's unmute and let's all say goodbye. Ready? Okay. Unmute. One, two, three. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us today. I hope our time together bolstered your agency and understanding. I would like to thank our sponsor. Pinnacle Assurance is Colorado's leading workers' compensation provider. For over 100 years, they've been at the forefront of protecting, understanding, and caring for workers and local businesses with trusted coverage and expert safety resources and services. The ways we work will undoubtedly evolve, but the need for worker protection always remains the same. In closing, PEBC is headquartered in Denver, Colorado and works both locally and nationally to cultivate agency, equity, and understanding as described in Wendy Wardhoffer's newest book, Phenomenal Teaching. PEBC provides customized on-site professional development and coaching for schools and districts, facilitates a variety of institutes and seminars, and offers an array of online learning experiences for all educators. We also prepare new teachers via the PEBC Teacher Residency Program. Check us out at PEBC.org. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.